0: Welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm excited to have you join me in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs in the photography industry as we dive into real conversation about photography, business, and that sometimes messy thing we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom post production for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com. And now, let's dive into conversation. All right, we are officially, I always say we're officially live, but we're not officially live. We're as officially live as we can be here with my friend, uh, Ben Turner. Thanks so much, Ben, for coming on the Boca podcast today. No problem. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and I'm I'm really excited to dive into the topic today, um, which is shall we say a bit on the the, the nerdy side, um, but <laughs> at the same time, an absolute necessity. And uh, I have you to thank for some major improvements, you and your company to thank for some major improvements that that we made a couple years ago to Photographer's Edit. And I was just telling you the other day, I think it's time to go back and, and look at that again. We need to make some updates, but um, we're going to dive into this topic of SEO, SEO and the photographer's website here in just a little bit. But as we get started here, I want to give our listeners kind of a, a big value add just to, to get going. If, if for some reason the podcast cuts off and they don't hear anything else today, I want them to at least get a bit of advice from you. So uh, in, in, the, in light of the idea of working smarter, um, give our listeners a piece of advice that, is, that would maybe make the biggest difference in their SEO or their efforts at SEO immediately. To, to really track your results.
1: Um, track where you're at. Understand what kind of traffic you're getting. So again, using Google Search Console and Google Analytics together to really understand where where Google's placing you, um, what kind of words that you're ranking for, what, what kind of placement you have, and what kind of traffic you're getting to your website, and and are they? Is it coming from Google? Is it coming from Facebook? Is it coming from Instagram? you know, and, and when we look at search engine optimization, you know, it, it, it's not just limited to Google and you know, people searching actively for, for you as a photographer, but it, you know, it, um, Facebook is a search engine, Pinterest is a search engine. They're also social channels. So understanding where, how people are finding you and and where you're at. And then, you know, with that information, that's where you can really optimize and, 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 and double down and figure out where that is. So that's, if I had one thing that like just from the beginning, that's kind of the key element to, at the very beginning of, of starting any type of SEO activity.
0: So, very simply, understanding where that traffic is coming from is that would that sum it up best?
1: Yes. Yep. That that's that's it. Because I mean, with, without understanding that, you can you can dump a lot of time, effort, and energy in, in chasing something that that doesn't even move the needle or, or have any impact on the amount of inquiries or, or, or you know clients you're receiving.
0: Yeah, and and this is already uh, my mind is already kind of spinning and I know this gets really technical so we're going to dive into this in, in more depth a little bit later on but that's a great piece of advice, especially for those of our listeners who have a website have a business and have not really spent any time thinking about how to optimize their online uh, visibility SEO or as Ben said just a minute ago, search engine optimization is what we're going to talk about today but the, the where you start, really, the, the baseline is just simply understanding where that traffic is coming from. And maybe we can get into a little bit more detail about what tools to use here in just a bit. But uh, before we do that, we're going to take a step back. Uh, I, I kind of selfishly like to spend a little bit of time talking about the personal lives of our Boca podcast guests. And so I want our listeners to get to know you. I'd like to catch up with you. It's been a little while since we've, we've talked. We've met in person before and, of course, communicated a lot online. But Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself where you're from, where you're based now and a little bit about your family as well
1: Certainly so originally from from East Texas, uh, a little town called Tyler, Texas um, it's about an hour and a half southeast of Dallas and um, you know did 10 years in the military and kind of traversed the globe a little bit and um, and have now landed back in uh, in Dallas, Texas. So that's where we're at now and um, here with uh, with my wife, Who is actively a uh, a photographer, and she has been for about fourteen years, and um, and we have uh, five children, and our oldest is uh, just graduated high school a couple of weeks ago, and then we have the youngest is seven uh, in the uh, going into the third grade, so you know five kids and one boy and and four daughters, and
0: uh, it's always a always a busy time around here. I can only imagine. Well, and I have, I have two kids that are in a similar age range. My, my son, Austin is 15. My daughter, Addison's 12. And um, there, you know, there are interesting challenges and really just kind of, I don't know, to borrow kind of a politically correct phrase, learning opportunities um, as they go through the various phases of childhood. And it's been, it's been, challenging, but it's also been a welcome learning opportunity to grow myself. I don't know if you find that, but I can imagine five kids, especially with four girls, you probably get a lot of feedback. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Lots of unsolicited feedback. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to put it. That's awesome. So your wife, Alyssa, we actually had the opportunity and this has been, man, this has been a couple of years ago, maybe a bit more uh, to sit down, I think for lunch outside of Dallas and um, in this chat. Business and life a little bit, and uh, she has wonderful insight. Not only has she been a photographer for so long, but uh, the way that she seems to her perspective on business it seems like she would add a lot of value to what you're doing and running your company as well.
1: Oh, that's yeah. You you, you hit the nail on the head there. Um, she, I'm very you know in, in in a in a past life, I was a, I was an electrical engineer and uh, was you know very very numbers data spreadsheet kind of person. Um, which makes good for SEO and 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 but my wife is is very street smart uh, very intuitive in, in how people are you know are feeling and and kind of the relationship thing and and then also too with uh, you know we have uh, right now we have a total of seven uh, employees working for for our company wow and just managing them and, and and how they are interacting and, and looking out for their best interest and and all that and you know just treating and making it a, a really good culture and stuff like that she has a really good influence on on how we um how we've grown and and how we communicate and see on top of that i always have to bounce ideas off of her and bounce hey i'm about to send this email does it sound too you know robotic or, or whatever uh so that she can she always you know adds a adds a, you know, a, a lot more personalization and, and makes it uh, you know, very succinct in, in her uh, ability to, to look at a situation and and provide some feedback and, and input that it makes a big difference, a big positive influence on it.
0: For sure. Well, and she's an artist type, a photographer. And so she's also able to lend that perspective that comes from being a photographer for the work that you're doing for the photography industry as well. And uh, I know that's got to be a pretty significant value add. Now, I have kind of a key question that i want to to ask you about seo i sent to you ahead of time but before i do that for the for the sake of context and perspective for our, our photographer listeners for those photographers who may not quite have an idea the actual benefit of seo can you paint just a brief picture of what it would look like for a photographer who does not focus on developing seo uh, versus a photographer who does because we have some photographers that are like you know what I have, I've got a great business. You know, I've been in business for a number of years. I have business coming in. I'm not struggling here. What, what's the actual benefit to SEO? How would you respond to them?
1: Well, the, I'll kind of put aside the obvious, which is you can get more traffic to your website and more clicks and more people visit from a source where people are actively and inactively looking for, for you. Like if you're a wedding photographer, you know, people are Googling and searching for uh, you know, brides spend uh, up to two hours a day for about two to three months um, during their wedding planning, during their active wedding planning, online searching on Google and social media and things like that. Wow. So there's lots of uh, that's that's where people are at. Um, now, that's kind of the obvious, you know that's you know where you can you can get more traffic. and, and but then you have the people oh, it's a referral based business and all that stuff and I, and I totally get that. now the so the other side of that is I want to set the stage by think about how much, data Google has. Think about all the information that they have on the billions and billions of websites and clicks and crawl it. And They have the, the biggest repository of information of of website and how people engage, Google Analytics and all this sort of stuff. So um, what Google is trying to do, the way they make money is by putting the best results on page one so that they can attract people to their website to find those results and then put ads. So their business model is to find the best darn websites and put them on page one. And what they found, the, the best websites out there are the ones that um, that have you know th- these key elements. And that's what SEOing your website is is kind of in in, uh, in is putting those key elements into your website. So with the stage set, now that we understand that, um, what the way that like Google um, some of the, the the things that make a good website. Are things that are easy to crawl, easy easy to understand, easy to navigate, uh, and and to find the information, and it's structured and it's clearly laid out well, and what that equates to is what's called a high conversion rate, and a conversion is when someone submits an inquiry, right? So, by excuse me, by going through SEO, you are th- you are then um, using uh, what Google prescribes, you are increasing the uh, ease and the user experience of uh, the way that people actually interact with your website and the ability for them to find the information on your website, find you, and, and then also convert and fill out that contact form. So by going through, and a lot of our clients experience this, when you go through SEO, when we do what we do, we're fixing things on your website that not only fixes how Google sees you and perceives you, but also fixing the user experience.
0: Ah, so okay. you
1: get more referral, you get more uh, conversions, you get more inquiries from other sources, like Facebook, word of mouth. You go to a bridal show and they type in your name. Your website just interacts better and it has a you know a higher quality level, um, you know to to encourage those conversions.
0: Yeah, better user experience overall. That makes sense. Okay, so this is a perfect segue then into kind of my main question for you, which is. Uh, I guess kind of a two-part question, but what are, first of all, the top two or three mistakes that photographers make when it comes to SEO? And what are kind of at least the beginnings to the solutions for those? Because ultimately, I'd really love for our users to reach out to you and find out more about the services that you offer that might help solve some of these problems. But give us the, the top two or three things that photographers are doing, kind of the mistakes, if you will, that are keeping them from optimizing uh, their ability to be, to be found online. And then maybe kind of the beginnings of, of those things that they can do to fix the problems.
1: Right. So, uh, the first one's going to be one that we, we already touched on and that's setting up the, the proper, um, tracking and conversion, you know, tracking and monitoring analytic data that you can get from your website that Google gives you, uh, quite a bit. Now there's, there's two main areas that, that need to be set up. Um, one is, is most people have it already is Google Analytics. And you can Google search Google Analytics, how to set it up, and it's pretty straightforward and easy to, to get installed on your website. I think most,
0: now, most website solutions these days, and, and um, of course, there's so many different ones out there, but they, they generally make it pretty easy now to, to plug that Google Analytics code that you can grab from your account and throw that in, to plug it into your website so that it begins to track that information, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's usually pretty, pretty straightforward in any website um, platform that doesn't offer it. I would start to question in a deeper way if they're a valid platform right. or not, but, yeah. um, but you can get behavior flow so you can see how many, what pages people are going to and how they're interacting with your website. And, and generally it gives you data on how people interact after they get to your website with the actual content in your website and pages. Now the other sister product to that is going to be Google search console. Um, which it's, you would think that they're tied together, but they're not. What Google Search Console does, and it's formerly known as Webmaster Tools, uh, it gives you data on how you appear in the search results. So it'll tell you um, what page you're on for whatever keyword, uh, you don't have to Google yourself. You can actually go into the console <laughs> and look and see exactly what page on, for, on, on and it, you can look at it between a 90 day period. You can look at it 28 day period, seven day. You can you customize it. You can compare this seven days versus the last seven days and different, and there's just so much data there. Um, and then you can also identify, um, you know, what, uh, if you're trending up or down, you can also submit site maps uh, so that Google can crawl your site better, it can tell you if there's any errors with your page titles and meta descriptions. I mean, I, I, it would take me 20 minutes to list all the benefits from it, but if you're doing SEO, Google Search Console is essentially an SEO console. It, it's exactly what what, it, what you're doing when you're doing SEO. It's all the feedback and everything that you need from that.
0: That's great. So this is this is the first thing that that uh, the first step that photographers can take, which is to okay. Well, why why are we even in SEO or talking about SEO, why is it important? Well, first of all, we need to know where traffic is coming from, and in order to to do that, there are a couple of tools you mentioned, Google Analytics, uh, which isn't overly difficult to at least begin to use. Understanding the ins and outs of it can get a little bit more complicated, but that's where a service like yours comes in, uh, and then G- Google Search Console as well. And I have to add to that: there's with Google Analytics, one of the things that was and, and maybe I'm just a bit nerdy myself, but I, I love going in and looking at the, the traffic sources. And one of the benefits to looking at those traffic sources is if you notice, it, you may not be aware of a particular website, a blog or otherwise that has been linking to your website. And if you see that you're getting significant traffic and maybe potentially even conversion from that traffic source, then that would actually be where you'd want to begin to invest some time and effort as far as a relationship goes. Um, you know, maybe, maybe they were just pro bono linking you referring you and now you you make an effort to reach out and add value to that business now the relationship kind of snowballs in a a positive direction Um, that would be a really proactive way to take advantage of some of that data but i know that you could you and your team could help uh, our listeners further take advantage of of all of that data um, with google analytics so that's a that's a great first step Um, take us to the second one
1: so the next one is um, kind of in the same nerdy vein, which is to ignore the the technical part of your of your website, the technical SEO, the on-page SEO. Um, and I kind of alluded to it a little bit. So that's going to be your page titles, your meta descriptions, uh, the the structure of, of the URLs, and and how you have those laid out, and and the navigation. Uh, and then you get into like the H1 tags, the canonical tags, and and I'm not just you know throwing a bunch of terms out there, but you know, th- these things here are, if, if you ignore them um, and uh, you can Google can perceive your site as, as lower quality or it can be you know a little bit more difficult to crawl and understand right. uh, how those, how those go into it. And I don't want to get too much into the minutia of, of, of those technical things, but um, you know, the, the key, I think, so if, if I had to narrow it down to a, a few things um, I would say that, you know, the, a page title and meta description on every page that's optimized, and um, I'm going to say this kind of quick, but a page title needs to be between 30 and 65 characters in length. It needs to be title case. On the home page, you include your target name and in your keyword. A meta description needs to be sentence case, between 70 and 156 characters in length, um, and it needs to be uh, congruent with the page title, which needs to be congruent with the the content on the page. So, looking kind of just step stepping back, looking at every single page on your website as an independent individual page. Um, cause Google doesn't rank websites, they rank web pages. And so you need to look at every page as a possible ranking thing. And that's when you get into blogging, so like that. Each one of those pages end up ranking. So, wow. you know, your, your pricing page, um, you know, people can, will search, uh, you know, Chattanooga wedding photographer prices uh, or pricing and your pricing page can rank for that term in your area. And people do search that quite a bit. Instead of trying to you know clamor for that big keyword, you can, you can optimize your site for that. But if you don't have pricing, listed in your page title, in your meta description, on the H1, or in the body copy, a lot of people like to use the word investment, um, then the chances of ranking for that go down. It doesn't mean you can't. I mean, there's, there's exceptions to every rule, but, you know, so taking that approach and looking at each page individually, uh, and then what can it rank for, and, and how can I structure the page to uh, to be able to rank for that term?
0: That, okay, so I'm. This is great. I'm. I'm learning something new. Um, I, now I know this is something that we talked about, but when you talk about the as, as far as the the details, the the um, uh, page titles, the H1 and H2 tags, and and the uh, page description, these are things that you actually worked with me on uh, a couple of years ago, but this idea that the Google is ranking, not just simply the website, but individual pages. That's really fascinating and, and particularly applicable. I think for a smaller market, especially like Chattanooga, but really anywhere, because now, now it's not just, you're not fighting, you know, however many hundred or a photog- thousand photographers in the area for, um, for website ranking, but you can actually dial it down and really focus it into pages. And that pricing or investment page is going to be certainly one of the most common that, that brides are going to, um, a a tool that you shared with me when you were working with me before is, is one called Moz and uh, they have a free for those of you. And and Ben. maybe you can actually give me the exact URL, but uh, Moz has a free tool that you can download as a plugin for Chrome. I use Chrome as my, my browser normally, and you can plug that tool in and become very, very quickly aware of what you're lacking in your website. I remember when you told me about the tool, Uh, And I, and I installed it into my browser and I started looking at, at my website at the time, I, it was, it was just, there were glaring red flags all over the place because I just saw blanks where information should be. And uh, so for those of your, for those listeners that have not had somebody help you set up or work with you on SEO, that would be a great first place to start. And uh, this is something definitely, if you have the opportunity to work with Ben and his company, that they're going to do with you, just to develop some awareness of where things are at. Um, so you can go download. If you're using the Chrome browser, um, you, is it Moz? What's their website? Do you remember, Ben? Yeah, it's it's simply moz.com. Moz.com. Oh, but then if you're yeah. using Chrome, you can go to the to their web app store, download the the uh, plugin, and and begin looking at your website. And actually, it's kind of fascinating to go look at other photographers or industry websites as well, just to kind of develop awareness of where they're at. And it's it's, I mean, it's, it's wonderful for you and your business is great opportunity, but it's quite fascinating and kind of sad too, that a lot of, a lot of industry uh, business owners are not spending a lot of time developing or optimizing their search uh, or online presence. And um, that will be your first very obvious indication of, of the fact. So that's really, really great recommendation. Pay attention to these details page to page. And again, uh, this certainly was not meant to turn into a big commercial for Ben's company, but I, I have personal experience with this company and they did incredible things for our business and, um, and that's really, really great recommendation. Ben can certainly help you guys set, set that up, but again, great, great, just practical first step, go check out Moz, download that, take a look at your website and you'll have a clear indication of where you stand when it comes to some of these details. Um, take us to, a, let's, let's go to a third and last step if you've got one, Ben.
1: Certainly. Um, the, one of the biggest mistakes I'm seeing is, is a focus on the main big keyword. You know, the, what I hear, you know, when, when, when I get approached uh, by a photographer, most often I hear I want to be on page one, right. For insert city wedding photographer or portrait photographer or whatever. Right. Um, and, and that's great. And that's all, you know, obviously a, a you know, a, a good source where people are actively looking for, uh, for you. Um, now, what, what I've seen, uh, and, and again, the, the mistake is to focus on that big keyword, and that be the measure of success. Um, now the, 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 the short answer is, you know, you're, the, what you need to focus on is the blog and what's called long-tail keywords, and um, long-tail keyword is, is technically defined as a, a keyword that doesn't get searched that often. So there's a lot more of them. Uh, there's more long tail keywords than there are big head keywords like Chattanooga wedding photographer gets searched a lot. But, um, you know, the Red Barn wedding venue in Chattanooga uh, doesn't get searched a lot or the uh, Red Barn wedding venue photos uh, or, you know, things, some more long tail specific type of phrases. Now, what we've seen um, in, from Google is an upward trend in, um, in these long tail type of searches. It used to be, uh, when, when Google wasn't as good at, at rendering good results that people had to use big keywords to define to what they're looking for. Uh, but now p- Google's getting really good, especially with things like voice search and even like Siri. And, um, and I don't want to say, you know, Alexa too loud because people that have it in they go crazy. Um,
0: <laughs> starts talking to back to them. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. A funny thing. I did a webinar two weeks ago and I started saying that and I, and I said, I said something, what's the weather? And, every, and like five or six people chimed in and said, oh, my gosh, it's going crazy. So anyway, <laughs> don't, don't do that. You know. <laughs> but um, so we have um, uh, with, that, with that amount of with people, the way that people are searching now is they're getting better results when they ask questions or they're more specific with what they're looking for. And so people are doing that more and searching that more. Um, Google put out a uh, a statistic. I attended a a, a conference where they were at, and they said that 16% of web searches every day, all day, 16% of web searches have never, ever been searched before. Wow. And 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 think about how many thousands, tens of thousands, 40,000 searches a second or something like that. How many of those have never, ever been typed? The combination of words have never been used in in their search engine before. Wow, that's That's fascinating. Yeah, I would have. A years ago, it was 18%. um, And it's kind of dropped down to 16% because I guess you're running out of combinations or whatever, but it's very fascinating.
0: Wow. Okay, so my question was going to be, what is the advantage then to having these long tail keywords that aren't searched as often? You know, My thought is I need to compete for where the masses are, kind of the 80-20 principle, but... Maybe we can flip that around. We go where the masses aren't, and then we have um, op- better opportunities for those clients who are searching more specifically. But you're saying that there are plenty of people that are searching extreme or very, very specifically, um, and there's opportunity to get business from those searches.
1: Yes. So um, yeah, and there's a couple of couple of things here. Uh, first, if you go to uh, trends.google.com, and and I'm not sure if you would if you have if we can share this link or whatever. Some Absolutely, way. we will. Um, And if you compare wedding photographer-related searches to just simply wedding venue-related searches, even if you just look at a trend for wedding photographer-related searches, what you see, they have data from 2004 to 2017, is you see this sharp decline in actually photographer-related searches. And what you see is a sharp incline in what I call commodity-related searches, like venues, uh, dresses, shoes, you know, things that aren't really attached to a person. Um, even even caterers, things like that. So in, especially in the wedding industry, things like that, you see a lot more searches for that and people are relying less on um, Google to, to find that. Um, and so to take that a step further, uh, you know, we have a, a really strong competitiveness with those, with those big keywords and they're going less and less and less. The, the, the analogy that I like to use is uh, like a fishing pond and let's say you have a pier and at the bottom of the, pier, at the end of the pier, there's a, like a, an aggregator or like a, a, a stump or a tree, whatever that we fish tend to be attracted to. Sure. And if you're at the end of that pier and the pier is the big keyword, like Chattanooga wedding photographer. And if you imagine if you had 70, 7,000 photographers on one pier with all trying to you know, put in their position, they're, they're, they're blind in the water. Yeah. Yeah. And the people that are on page one are the people at the very front of the pier. There's only 10 spots, right. And everybody else is kind of along the side. Well, wouldn't you rather go out of that, you know, and, and maybe only, and what we also see is only 10% of the fish in that lake or in that pond are at the end of that pier. So that means that 90% of the fish are way out into kind of just swimming around. So what we do and by our approach by blogging, creating content and targeting these long tail keywords Instead of putting a, a line in the water at the end of the pier, we're we're casting a net and we're dragging a net across the pond.
0: Oh, I like that. And
1: and finding people that way. Um, I have a client who is uh, ranking on page one for uh, for New York wedding photographer. I Got a client on page one for London wedding photographer, Manchester. Wow. Uh, L. A. San Diego, et cetera, and. What I see is I can see their analytics, I can see their data, and I see that 75% of the traffic to their website, even though they're ranking for the big keyword, is coming through their blog. I can see their conversion rates. And what's converting is the traffic coming from the blog and coming from the long-tail searches and those long-tail keywords. That's what's actually moving the needle. Um, uh, another short story, when, when my wife and I moved from Hawaii, because she was, we were in Hawaii for 10 years, and 2013, we moved from Hawaii and she was a wedding for the whole time. To Dallas, we didn't know anybody. We didn't have any referrals. We didn't have uh, any rank, any position. We, in fact, rebranded her website and everything. And we used this long tail approach, and we, uh, we actually targeted uh, venue related searches because so we noticed that venues get searched ten to one um, uh, over wedding over, over photography related searches. Wow! Wow! And so we targeted uh, six different venues and we interviewed them and went through this whole process and we able to rank when people did a branded search for that venue. And within six months, we were, her complete wedding calendar was booked and we never to this day, never ranked for Dallas wedding photographer yet. She had a full schedule. Um, and the way that people found us was they would search Dallas wedding venues because when, when brides get married, when they get engaged rather, First thing they do is they typically look for the venue, and then they're going to spend more time looking for the venue. They're going to they're going to spend more money on the venue. And once they find the venue, then they look for the photographer that can, um, that can that has you know either experience or availability or proximity to that venue. And um, ranking for a what's called a branded search for that venue, like let's say the wedding venues, you know the uh, Red Barn Wedding Venue. Uh, When someone Google's the Red Barn Wedding Venue. Um, to show up on page one for that is way easier and typically even gets more searches than the, than the city plus wedding photographer because I know it's a 10 to 1. So if you can rank for even just three venues that, are, that, that you even – the cool thing is you get to choose the venue you want to rank for. If you can rank for three venues, you can often get more traffic from those three um, pieces
0: of content than ranking for the big keyword in your town. That's fascinating. And honestly, if, if you had only if we'd spent the last whatever it's been five minutes, seven minutes talking about that today, um, not only would our listeners, but even myself, we would have walked away with more than enough to, to, to try to tackle or begin to tackle. And hopefully with with your company's help. But um, that's that is a fascinating piece of information and certainly not uh, intuitive, probably for most photographers, certainly not something I would have assumed. But what a brilliant way to go about uh, improving your ranking online is—it's it's instead of trying to fight for, instead of trying to go where every single other person, other photographer is. I, I love that analogy of kind of spreading out and reaching, throwing out a net for um, a, a wider area, which would include all of those who are kind of wandering, and uh, and and maybe searching for those venues as well. So that's wow, what what a brilliant piece of advice. And um, we're going to stop at that, and we'll of course at, at the end of our conversation here, I'll make sure that. All of our listeners hear what your website is, and they can, they can reach out to you, and I'm sure um, there would be plenty of questions. But we're going to shift gears just a little bit. Tell me about your family life. You've got five kids, and I know that's a handful, but it also means that you've got to make time for those kids and certainly for your wife. And I, I'm curious if there's, there are certain things that you guys like doing together. What, what's a particular activity besides barbecuing? um, things that you guys like to try to do together when you have time together? Certainly.
1: So we're, we're big into the outdoors. Um, you know, my kids, uh, most of them came of age in, uh, in Hawaii. And so it was normal for them to not wear shoes and go to the beach and spend time in the water. Um, and so they're very, we're very outdoorsy when it comes to, uh, you know, going any any type of body of water and, uh, and, and being outdoors. So camping, uh, doing fishing and, uh, and, and, and boating and jet skis. And, you know, we, I, yesterday, I was I spent the day, uh, stand up paddleboarding with my wife. Uh, and anytime we get a chance to do that, that's, that's where we spend our time.
0: How fun I have yet to do stand up paddle boarding. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to giving it a shot. What do you think about it? Was that your first time?
1: No, we, we'd done it in Hawaii. It, it kind of came out there. Um, um, in, in Hawaii, though, I, with the waves, I always I, – I was fall. <laughs> okay. I've spent more time in the water, but I was on a <laughs> uh, uh, lake here in, in Dallas, and uh, it was easier to stand up. But, you know, it's, it's great exercise. Um, it's good to be kind of it's, – it's quiet, serene, isolated, you know, and um, and then um, we get to uh, – especially when you're out there kind of far away from everybody in the middle of the body of water and, and with,
0: with, uh, with a loved one, it's, it's, it, it can be a fun time. Yeah, I can imagine that it would be extremely peaceful in, in, in a sense. I, it, while simultaneously, like you mentioned, it being a good workout. Um, from what I understand, it's a pretty incredible core workout, right? It is.
1: It is. Um, but there's different ways to scale it. Like if you want to get on your knees, it's a lot. It gets a lot easier. Um, but you know, standing up and 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 and. Uh, paddling from that from that position it it definitely is can be a good workout
0: for sure yeah i can imagine so these these outdoor sports water sports in particular this is something that you all enjoy doing together the the key question here though of course is how do you create time and you've got a company with seven employees your wife has a photography business how do you what are two or three practical things that you guys do in your businesses to create freedom and flexibility in your personal life so that you have time to spend with each other
1: Absolutely. So I, I have specific working hours and when, when those hours, when it shuts off and it's, it, it, when it, when it hits that spot on the clock, I'm, uh, I, I, I take the long commute from my, my home office to the, through <laughs> the, the living area or whatever.
0: <laughs> yep. um,
1: and then, you know, we have built in contingencies where, you know, if, if we need to, if we need to trade uh, time, for, for time let's say in the middle of the day i need to you know participate in something for the kids or whatever i can i can uh, take off and then and then pick it up in the evening um, i i do rely heavily on tools being being a nerd myself um, I use a tool called acuity scheduling um, and i know you i think you use calendly and, and my wife uses calendly as well um, and I have it synced up with my, uh, you know, the kid's calendar and camp and, you know, anything. So anytime my wife needs to schedule uh, something, she can go in there and, and block it off. And that way no one can schedule an appointment with me, uh, or whatever. And I get, uh, and, and I, I'm able to, to do that. So that, that's probably the, the, the best way for me to, to control that.
0: Yeah, just segmenting time. And, and I love the specificity of that, too, because and I know I've been guilty of this uh, and, and maybe even more so recently, but there is it's so easy to look at your day as just kind of open to doing whatever, whenever, especially when it comes to work. And there is there is great wonder in the flexibility that comes from being especially an at home business owner and being able to allocate hours to, to whether it's work or personal time, pretty much whenever. But having those specific hours means, well, a number of things. First of all, there's some structure to it so you don't get carried away, and ultimately that eats into time with friends, family, et cetera. But it also forces you to get a certain amount of work done in that allotted amount of time. And I've seen really great benefit from, from that personally. Um, if I have a, a, an especially limited amount of time to get something done, somehow my brain can come alive even more so than, you know, if, if I have 20 minutes instead of two hours, <laughs> suddenly it just snaps to attention and and I can get that, that task done and move on. There's something to be said for limiting the amount of time that you have and, and forcing you to ultimately, not only to get the work done more efficiently, but in many cases, I think more effectively as well. So, that's really, really great. Give us something else. What's something else practical that you do? So, um, as
1: far as time, you know, I, I have, um, I, I have the kind of been blessed I have a, I have an admin that I've hired. <laughs> nice. And, uh, so she, she keeps me on point and, uh, is, is aware of my calendar, my schedule and can, uh, and can, can block and, and, and take care of things that, that eat up a lot of my, you know, that's unproductive time for me or whatever. And, um, and 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 we've been I've been actively hiring. I've, I've actually got an intern. She's 17 years old, based out of Florida, and I've been able to um, you know record videos like I like like you like the ones you receive, but have all this set up so I can record videos and and train like while I'm doing a task that I've done a hundred times and or a thousand times, I can record a video on how to do it and send it to her. And, and by the way, we use Slack as an internal team chat. That's yes. another other tool. Um, and I can say, Hey, do this. Right. And, and so, you know, I, I can pay her, you know, pennies on the dollar from what, what my time is, 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 is what valued at. And, and she can completely do it is completely capable. Uh, but it's just stuff that, um, that I don't need to, to spend my time or even, um, even some of my higher, higher level, you know, SEO technicians, you know, they, they can create content and, and things like that. And we can utilize, um, some of the, the young people and the millennials in the world that need some, uh, need some work.
0: That's really great. And you know, this is something that we certainly talk a lot about on the book of podcasts, but the importance of delegation, and you you can find the ability to delegate uh, in different places. I mean, this is a really fascinating example, your intern who lives out of state, um, and is potentially in high school, but regardless, is looking for an opportunity to get and gain some experience, maybe a little bit of cash. And Very simply, you can create some videos, teach them how to do this this task that doesn't absolutely require you, maybe kind of what I call reactive in nature, something that has to be done, doesn't require you and doesn't increase the bottom line, but it has to be done. And you can delegate that work to them. And of course, when it comes to the photography industry specifically, things like editing, album design, there are various tasks in our business that have to be done that don't help us ultimately increase our bottom line or aren't usually correlated directly with that. And, and many if not most cases don't require our presence as the business owner. Um, so delegating that work is really important and then taking advantage of some of those tools to, to automate some of those things you can't delegate, also really important. And uh, I, you know, there, there are a number of platforms right now that are, I guess you could call them CRMs, uh, that have been developed in the photography industry that kind of help manage and automate some of the communication and speed that process up. So even if you can't afford to, to hire an admin or you haven't been able to find an intern yet to work with you to, to manage your email, for example. There are ways that you can kind of speed up that process uh, using some of these CRMs, using things like Text Expander that that uh, generate very very quickly a template email response that you can just plug in and and send to somebody. Um, but delegation ultimately is really the key here, and that's that's a really great recommendation. And it's good that we continue to talk about it because not enough people are doing it. And I could even take that advice to heart even more. So great, great advice. This has really been a wealth of information, Ben, and I can't thank you enough for making the time to sit and chat about this. Uh, I know that many of you listening um, are needing to to get some work done on your website when it comes to SEO. Uh, It's time for me to to, to do a refresh myself, and I'm going to be chatting with Ben about that here again soon. But Ben, for those who want to find out more about your services and reach out and contact you, how can they find you online?
1: Certainly. So, uh, my website is uh, turnerwebservices.com, and uh, and it's it's all it's right there at the very top. There's actually a spot there if you want to get a, a free audit. Um, also, the there's a I, I love to educate and to to give information away for free. So, again, back to my business model is to give everything away for free, and uh, and then if you need help with it, then we're here to support that. So. You'll find on the website uh, a resource guide, maybe we can link to it, it's a, it's a complete SEO guide for photographers and I'm constantly updating it and as Google changes and things like that. Um, I've also made a commitment uh, and I'm about, uh, about six, eight weeks into it uh, to posting a new video every day or every, every week rather on, on YouTube. Uh, so I'm taking people's requests and so that YouTube channel is very active and, uh, and growing and getting a lot, of, um, a lot of useful, pertinent, up-to-date information there. Um, but ultimately you know, it's dot turnerwebservices.com uh, and that's where you can, you can, it's a hub there, everything.
0: That's perfect. And and we will certainly link to all of this, the various resource resources, tools that we've mentioned during this conversation. We'll link to all of this in the show notes. And Ben, is your YouTube channel linked from the website or where can they go find you on YouTube?
1: Yeah, the best is to, is to, you can either search Turner web services in YouTube or, You can, um,
0: yeah, it is linked from the website. All right, perfect. So we'll make sure all of this, all of these links, and all the information is, uh, are in the show notes. Ben, thank you again so much for making time to share such valuable information with our photographers. Your your heart to to give to add value is very obvious. I have to say when you mentioned that that free consult or free audit. Um, what, what Ben gave me in our initial free audit a couple of years ago at people could easily charge uh, significant money for it. it was extremely valuable. And then we of course went from there and, and his, his company did work for me, but you guys make sure you take advantage of that. Uh, and, and you can find that information there on his website, Turnerwebservices.com. Thanks again, Ben. And, uh, we'll chat with you more soon. No Nathan. Thank you. And, uh, it was my pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to the Boca Podcast. Please let us know what you thought by leaving us a review in iTunes. If you'd like to hear a particular photographer or entrepreneur in a future episode, don't hesitate to email me, nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom post-production for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com.